previously on the Dave and Steve show. Which yeah, one of you is racing to call me the dickhead first? My, I have a 10-year-old and a 4-year-old. I have another kid, too, but it doesn't matter. You have false teeth in your rectum? I, I did icicles as a kid. Well, that sounded weird. I, I, mm. I licked icicles. That, that's not even better. And you clench a, um, a, you clench a uh, golf ball um, in your butt cheeks. I mean, yes. they're well, really I, mean I know where their one is. I can walk to one from my house. You know where their one is? Steve, let's, let's just kick it off at the highest of high points. What'd you do last week? Oh, last week, um, I, I, I put away all the Christmas stuff. Bam. But, but uh, I won't even go anywhere near the Snoopy snow cone machine, frankly. As an adult, I would never, ever, ever think of licking one, let alone sucking on one. I, I'm, I'm not recording any lame-o uh, podcast show tonight. Show number 39. We are cruising up on 50 shows. Show number 39 of the Dave and Steve Show. I am Dave. Sitting right alongside me, a mere 27 miles away, is Steve. Good evening, everybody. And from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. I am still, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to live in the same county after the weather we've had. We are moments away from bringing you guys a fantastic interview. We sat down with a good friend of mine, somebody I used to work with. Uh, his name is Ricari Austin, and he's got a story to tell along with, uh, like, I, we were we were wrapping up the interview, we thought we were mostly done, and then Ricari dropped a a story on us about The Rock and his Lamborghini. Like, this is, Ricari is one of those people who is just, he's talked to everybody on the face of the earth, and so we're going to get to that interview very shortly. Uh, Steve, you enjoyed talking to Ricari, right? I did. I actually, I enjoyed listening to him. Uh, I... I don't think you're not going to, you're not going to hear a lot of me talking, which is probably going to be the best part of the show. Yeah. Tracy, you were telling me off the air, you hated it. You, you want yeah, to know. Yeah, it was, uh, but, uh, I, I felt like I connected him with the whole, uh, Frankie, the wiener dog story that I had. Yeah. So, um, I feel like at the end of it, we'd really kind of come together. Yeah. All right. So here's our interview with Ricari and, uh, Frankie, the, the wiener dog. So as you travel through life, you encounter a certain cut of human being, and we all know the type I'm about to describe. Um, they've got an infectious spark, a drive, a, like an ability to elevate those around them with their positive attitude and energy. And our next guest for me is one of those human beings that I've been fortunate enough to work alongside. Um, every single one of my interactions with him was fantastic. Uh, and I, it was a pleasure to work with him. He's interviewed elite athletes like all-pro NFL star Richard Sherman, just to drop a name, A-list celebrities like Vin Diesel, and he's hosted events attended by thousands of people. These days, he's focused on... I honestly don't even know. That's why we have him on the show. We're going to find out what he's focused on these days. He's our guest right now on the Dave and Steve Show. Please welcome Rikari Austin. Yay! Yeah, yeah. That was... Man, if I were two shades lighter, I'd be blushing. That was a hell of an <laughs> intro right there. Never have nicer words been said about me. I, I mean that. Like, you and I you and I would talk. You were one of those people that in the hallway that we worked in, people would be having a down day. Rikari always came through with a smile on his face. He always came through laughing, talking to people. 
And by the time he got to the other end of the hallway, everybody had a spring in their step. Everybody was a little bit happier. He's just one of those super infectious people. I always I've known him five minutes, and I already feel better. <laughs> so. You know what? They call those distractions, though, if you really think about it. Somebody's trying to get their work done. Next thing you know, oh, here come Rikari. Look at that mess. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, um, so this week leading up to this, you there was a certain uh, urgency in Dave's notes to Tracy and I. Um, it, it, all the subtext was, uh, don't make me look like an idiot in front of Rikari. I... Re I really like this. I've Dave done that. No, no, the idiot. Hey, that's <laughs> fine. Look, <laughs> I've done that enough in front of Ricari. Yeah, I don't need you two doing it for me. So, Ricari, either way, Ricari, tell me the first thing I want to know is just kind of give us a little bit of backstory. How did you get? For those who don't know, because I wasn't totally clear, Ricari and I worked in the video game industry together. That's how we met, and we worked together for many years in the video game industry. And I saw. I, Ricari is one of those people where if you turned on your TV tomorrow and you saw Ricari hosting the Oscars and you knew Ricari, you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, there he is. You wouldn't, you wouldn't bat an eye at it. He was always the guy who seemed to be hosting events out in front of people on camera doing those things. And Ricari, I got to tell you, you never seemed nervous. You never seemed shook. I'm, I'm, I always admired that about you, but tell us how you got from like we all had in any industry, your humble beginnings to where you are now. That's a, it's always an interesting one to answer simply because I feel like people always look for advice or they look for, you know, bits of them in these stories. And I feel bad because my story is eclectic as can be. Um, grew up, born and raised in Seattle. And I was always the underachiever of the world, right? Went to private school, incredibly gifted. And that's, you know, that's me not being narcissistic. I know that my mental capacity is high. I just didn't, oh God, to keep it clean. I just didn't care. Right. Um, funny enough, I, I got kicked out of Blanchette High School for failing survey of British literature my senior year first semester because they maintained 100% graduation rate. But because, an, I, because I was not on time to graduate, they let me go. And I bring this up for a very specific reason. But I was a kid that when SATs were out of 1600 was projected to get between like 1350 and 1450. And it drove my dad nuts. He would look at me and be like, why don't you try? Every report card says the same thing. Does well on quizzes and tests. I never got below a B on anything. Never turned in a single piece of homework in my entire high school career. Because why did I need to do it, right? Why did I need to do your homework if it's just practice for the quizzes and tests? Anyway, um, dropped out of high school. Ended up playing basketball in college and ended up working, right? Worked at T-Mobile for a while. Always worked at the Boys and Girls Club, too. Like, I grew up in the Boys and Girls Clubs. They've always been really important to me. And just getting to gaming, that's just always been there. I, I never knew what gaming revolved around, what it took to make games, what it took to market games, what it took to monetize games, any of that. And I just was fortunate enough to live in Seattle. And so I'm this kid who's in college, not really doing much of anything. But everything that I wanted to see was here. I've gone to every single PAX that's been in Seattle, not because... I hunted them down just because I found out about it. And I remember when it was in Bellevue and you could drive up yeah. day of and go get yeah. a pass for like 20 bucks. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, right. And so gaming has always been at the core of what I did. I just, I, I never thought of it as something that I would have to describe to people. You just gamed. Well, I, I how do we explain this one? I was always active in uh, Halo's moder or Halo's forums. I was just a guy that would sit in there and talk and, 
I don't know. Apparently I was just never a jerk. So one day they asked if I wanted to help moderate the forums because I was in there all the time, which really meant they knew that I spent all my days there and yeah. I had no yeah. other life. Yeah, yeah. Why not help us out? So I would do the moderation bits. And eventually one day I saw Kristen Riley, who's now Kristen Booty, um, send out a tweet that said, hey, we're looking for a forum moderator for Age of Empires Online. Must be local. I was like, well, you know, I might throw my hat in the ring. Not knowing what would come of it, I had been moderating for about a month and a half. Little did I remember that Halo and Age of Empires Online were both Microsoft properties. Jessica Shea, who was the CM over at Halo, talked to Kristen before, like saw my tweet and said, oh yeah, you should grab him. And next thing you know, Kristen was barking at me a day later, like, yeah, where's your resume? I thought you, you know, that you were, <laughs> yeah. you were coming to apply. Anyway, um, jumped in as a forum moderator. Kristen left three weeks later. And they said, hey, we need somebody to write some stuff. And this is why I talk about getting kicked out of high school for failing an English class. Because I said, all right, you know, I can try and make <laughs> social copy. Like, we can yeah. do whatever we need to do. And I just modeled myself after the folks that I admired that wrote other things. Never thought of myself as a writer. But they are like, oh, you, you seem good at this. That's where Jen Nickel, um, Jen Page, that's where yep. she came in. She was our, our next manager. And she's like, you know what? I'm sick of doing the community management stuff do you want to help out and learn the social bits and you can do the customer interaction bit and I'll take care of the meetings. I'm like, sure. Uh, so I did that for a while, ended up going to work for the halo team, did that for a bit, jumped on the Xbox social team, responding to tweets and um, eventually came back to the XBLA team where I was working on power star golf, crimson dragon and killer instinct. And finally like secured a spot on the KI team. I did a stint at HoloLens too. But that's where everything really kind of went sideways is KI. It was the first project that I worked on for longer than a year. Age of Empires Online was about eight months. Halo, same thing. Um, so this was the first one where I was really on it. And I got to have some ownership of it and where, you know, folks like Ernest and Dave would look to me for that sort of what should we do? What should we do? And I yep. said, yeah, we should try and make video patch notes like we should go over this thing that people love to read just do a video version of it too for those that might want to consume it in a different way um all of a sudden i hopped in front of a camera and started talking about the game and you know what's coming and whatnot and apparently that's a tangible skill and what ernest thought he was doing was throwing me under the bus but he suggested that i go on stage at e3 and do ki's general rom presentation oh nice now for those, know, for those for those for those of you who don't know if you're not into games or you don't know much about games E3 is a massive event. It's attended by tens of thousands of people. There's several thousand people sitting in the audience at E3, but then you're also simulcast on every gaming website, YouTube, think of any stream, Twitch, anything you can think of, you're simulcast on there as well. So the the number of people watching that broadcast is through the roof. Yeah, and it's yeah. a premiere. It's a AAA event. For sure, and in the industry, there, there may not, especially in the United States, for many years, there may not be a bigger one. Mm -hmm. And so, I understand. Yeah. I was excited then, and they asked, "Are you nervous?" And I was like, "No, let's just go. To, let's knock it out. Are you okay with this?" I'm like, "What? The, you asked me to do it. I'll do it." Like, I'm, I don't know. It's it's a weird tick I have where I'm like, "Sure, we can get up and do it." Anyway, I did E3. Um, it was a wonderful time, and I think then I don't want to say what caused folks to realize that they. I had somebody who could speak to the camera, but all of a sudden all these random emails would pop, you know, come my way. Like, Hey, do you think you could help us with this thing? And that turned into the latter portion of my uh, tenure at Microsoft. The last, I want to say two and a half years, I was doing uh, maybe a year and a half 
just random events. So they would be once a month, sometimes twice a month. Then all of a sudden I'd be gone for two months at a time because I was doing like an Xbox One X roadshow tour and we were, you know, jetting back and forth each and every day. I'm home five nights a month. So yeah, yeah your, the... your office sat empty most days. And I would say, where's Rikari? And everybody would be like, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I had to is. write on the whiteboard which city I was going to be in and what time zone I would be in. Because I was still responding to stuff. But thankfully, I mean, no dig at Crackdown. We just knew it wasn't shipping at the moment. <laughs> so I had a little free time and yeah. we were good. Yeah. But yeah, so I started as community coordinator that just got plucked out of the forums that happened to respond to a tweet. And I feel like everything else has kind of been space and opportunity because I didn't I didn't go search this path. Right. I just kind of had it rust upon me and I was like, all right, bet. Let's do it. So if you're listening at home, you're a teenager, you want to know how to do what Rikari does, write all that down. That's all you have to do. And you can be doing <laughs> yeah. this in a matter of weeks. I, I feel like I so much of my own wonder. story mirrors this. When Knowledge Adventure allowed me to go to New York and dress up as Frankie the Wiener Dog. Yeah, it was the, the exact same. Yeah. I talk about this endlessly. Everybody knows this story. But um, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're like, but it, so you have these events and things. But mm -hmm. then I also, I would see you playing basketball with famous people or i would see you just hanging out with famous people i the, it, this was this was a thing that you 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 always hear people say if you get that shot don't waste it yeah you stepped on stage you own the moment you then parlayed that into several other similar moments and you just sort of got that momentum building this was not this was not handed to you. You did this because you know how to get on stage and be energetic and speak to people and and carry a room. I, I agree and disagree. The disagree part is I never understood that public speaking was a tangible skill. And maybe the reason why I would come across, because I hate watching my own clips, but maybe I come across as genuine because that really is me. Right. There's no Larry and Major Nelson. Right. There's just Ricari. Right. Like um, growing up, you know, we lived in a barbecue restaurant on Greenwood Avenue North. Uh, my dad owned one called the OK Corral. And I kid you not, we lived in the other side of it. And I remember people would come by or they would drive down the street and they'd honk and he'd wave and be like, hey, what's going on, man? I'm like, do you know them? He's like, no. But if they take the time to say something to me, I'm going to say something to them. Right. Right. Lord forbid we went to the grocery store. He was chopping it up <laughs> yeah. with everybody. And I think that rubbed off one because I had to talk to everybody in the restaurant. But I remember being in high school and we would do these, um, there was this high school kind of leadership recognition program called Keystone. And they also had this youth of the quarter, youth of the year bit. And I won youth of the year. I think this was freshman year. So this is 2000. I won youth of the year. And they're like, hey, you're going to go give a speech in front of 500 people. I'm like, oh, you know, nervous. Like, That's crazy. I'm not really that nervous. But the hardest part was writing the actual speech. And I remember getting up to the podium and I said nothing that was off on the cards. And yeah, I went off the yeah. top of my head. Like I wrote it because I had to. That was literally a requirement. And I just set them down and went. And again, when it comes to like an E3 or these famous people, I don't really care. That's not good for my career. But uh, okay, I guess it all started with a message from this guy, Brent Coyle. It's one Wednesday evening, kind of late. I'm at work. It's like 6, 630. And he says, hey. We got a live stream on Sunday. Do you want to help us out with it? 
my first reaction is no what the sunday yeah yeah. what no absolutely not it's october like no football sunday like i'm not doing that i was like well that's not how you respond to people in a corporate sense so let's give them the bs um why don't you send me a few more details and then you know i'll look it over and he was like oh yeah so it's a it's a live stream um with the cast of the fast and the furious we're doing this charity event and it's down in la i was like stop hey whoa whoa stop in LA with the cast of the Fast and the Furious, and he's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Man, lead with that." Yes, yeah, what? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's funny you talk about not squandering your shot. I think I was fortunate enough. Like I've got friends who've played in the NBA and the NFL, and <clears throat> I realize we're all people. We're all stupid. Like anytime an athlete makes a stupid decision and that ends up on Sports Center, I'm always like, mm, he's a millionaire at 23 years old. Like I know this guy or, you know, a guy like him. I do the same thing. Um, But let's be, let's be clear here though. I'm fortunate that like, I'm not bringing energy. I'm just, yeah. again, like those athletes, I'm just me. So there's an energy, but there is also the one, two combo. You have energy. And when it comes to playing basketball with pro athletes, you also have athletic ability. I would not be invited back after the first five minutes of a two on two game with anyone remotely famous or athletically inclined. They would be like, hey, appreciate you coming. We might call you later. And I would never hear from them again. You're able to actually, because I've seen the videos, you're able to actually keep up with them, which is another yeah, test. I mean, I, I think I came from just a smorgasbord, a, a collection of just all the right pieces that I never knew would fit together and create this weird career that I'm in. Like, I love telling people that I grew up section eight, but went to private school. Because of that athletic scholarship. So my code switching ability was easy. I had a friend get hired. She got hired at Amazon and she reached out and she's like, hey, did you have trouble like understanding their lingo and emails when you went to Microsoft? I'm like, "Mm, I've been doing that all my life. (laughs) I go back and forth real quick, which I think has helped me in the cases of interviews and whatnot. Like, how do I talk to somebody? What energy are they throwing? I'm going to match it. And like, let's get them to calm down, ease into it. So again, all of that is to say, I do 100% appreciate that I have a set of skills that I haven't quite developed, but are there that make something like this possible and easy. Now I've got to realize what they are and learn how to enhance them so I can get more work. Well, that's what I was about to ask you. Like, what is your, what goal are you headed towards? Because I know you're a, you're a goal-driven person. You always are. There's always something you're headed towards. What Mm -hmm. is it? What are you focused on right now? So the the interesting bit is my goal was always to make it to where I didn't have to worry about when my checks came in, right? Like uh, first and 15th, I don't care. Let's just make it to where I don't, they're going in direct deposit and they're going to their accounts. And I got that at Microsoft. Yep. I worked at Microsoft for almost, almost a decade with the last few years being as an FTE, like I was set. I'm not, I have certain things that I like to spend my money on shoes. I love shoes. But other than that, I'm so that cheap kid growing up that has like yeah. a couple of pairs of jeans. Anyway. When I got laid off from there, I remember realizing how quickly everything could then go away. So the goal shifted to let me be able to take care of my kid and myself, my mortgage and all that without just, it's really just that. Um, so the goal now is to utilize this skill speaking and public speaking and, you know, keep having Microsoft call me to do unboxings for consoles yeah. and hopefully sending me to the Super Bowl that's in, you know, about a month. We'll see if that actually happens. Um, And I realized that now I have to go the opposite route. I feel like people get into gaming by first being a creator and showing that they know the designs of systems and or creating wonderful bits of art that then get noticed. 
I'm doing the opposite. I was in gaming and now I kind of want to be a voice of gaming outside of it or just the person that people think of when it comes to doing interviews. Really, that's it. So got to be famous to be famous. So now my work is to try to get enough people interested in my stuff that I continually get hired to do stuff. It's as simple as that. How do you, um, you, like I say, you're, you're always, you're always so calm and collected when you do these things. And I know you touched on this earlier. Mm -hmm. It, do nerves ever come into it? I, I've asked this question of so many people, and the reason that I asked for it is because I have had to speak in front of large groups of people as well, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm terrified, but I always just tell myself, you got to do it. Like, you can't say no, get up there and just do it, and then it always it works out. It's not, it's not the worst thing in the world, but every time, I'm terrified, and you never, if I bumped into you at a trade show and you were about to go speak or you were going to be on camera or anything like that, you were always... It was always just, hey, Dave, how's it going? Like, it was another day. Mm-hmm. Does it just not, are you just not wired that way where nerves enter into it? Both yes and no. I think of the Hulk in the first Avengers movies where he's like, you know, that's my secret. I'm always angry. Yeah. I'm not a nervous person at all. I'm very easy go lucky, but I do like you keep that. Uh, I uh, hate to cuss on your show, but I keep that you bucket in the bucket bucket mentality. <laughs> like, what's going to happen? Yeah. And I think, uh, Sports helped as well. Collegiate sports, all that. Like, there's always pressure. There's always people watching. There's always something going on. But like, okay, E3, for sure it was nervous. But I said those freaking lines so many times. And they take you through all these rehearsals and whatnot. I was reciting them in the shower. I still know my lines to this day of what I said up there. So I remember Rod's on stage. And I'm cracking jokes with the people that are sitting right in front. And I was like, hey, you guys, if anybody comes to this stage, like this one right here, the company doesn't care about them. They just throw the the losers over there. <laughs> and so I remember I, they call my name and I walk up and you just hear, ah, I don't know. I, it's, I either deflect with humor or I'm just always nervous. And what are you going to do? Like yeah. you said, it's just, I would say I'm never nervous because it's always there. You just appreciate that it's there and you go. Right. You could stumble. You can fall. All right, get up, do it again. But just nothing's ever gone that bad. Say yeah. against you. No, I just said you just use that energy and turn it into something else. You, you, yeah. You're able to let go of the bad stuff and, and let, let it drive you. That's, I mean, that's, that's a hell of a secret to grab onto and then be able to utilize. And I've never known that that was a secret. That's just the way I went through it. Again, working in the restaurant, there was no, you know, like inner monologue. Everything had to be, hey, what's up? What can I get for you? Like, you know. and, and that's why you're the best and worst person to get advice from. Because <laughs> at the same time, because I'm like, my ninth grader is going to hear this show. And then I'm like, but he's not going to also. Yeah. Um, so um, you're inspiring and uh, in terrifying at the same time, which is awesome. I would say that my message, and this is what I try to tell people too, is, less of this is how I did it and more of this is how I recognized what I was capable of. Um, yeah. So it's not a how to playbook, but it's more so, you know, a self-help of like, Oh, I realize that this thing is something that I can do that not everybody can do. Yep. All right. How do I lean in on it? Which is far more valuable really, because nobody can recreate, you know, it's okay. Well, I got to convince my dad to get a barbecue shop and, <laughs> and that this is how I'm going to do it, you know, but, but actually being able to explain the, you know, 
the tangibility of the skill set and then yeah. how to recognize that in yourself. That's the that's the magic. So you're you're actually uh, proactive in uh, in solving that problem for the person that didn't know they had that problem. Yeah, so true. way to, way to go. Um, <laughs> Thumbs up. It. Yeah. Okay, so now yeah. because I I'm I'm big on especially in the games industry because like you said we've all got a different story, and so it's always good to I think especially talking to young people they assume to get into games you have to go a specific route whether that's a computer yeah. science degree or whatever that might be they think that there's some clear cut way, and I know Tracy didn't have a direct way into games I fell ass backwards into games just because I was at a point in my life where I hated every single thing about my life and my wife was finally like go find a job doing something you like and I loved video games and I looked up a one ad and I applied and I was in so mm -hmm. there's lots of ways to get into this industry on a similar note you have done so much around streaming and influencing and those types of of events and online you have an online presence that's undeniable and it's growing it is i know you make that face but it is it's growing i'm curious what you would tell somebody who wants to do that is it literally just show up every day and stay with it and stick with it is there some what is your advice to somebody who says i want to be an influencer i want to do online streaming and make a career out of it you know what's funny is i struggle with this right now myself i can tell people and give them the good advice and then i look at it and i'm like oh, am i really gonna do this yeah um like like literally everybody that gives advice yeah 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 it's yeah, yeah it's that it's okay. it, but it really is just doing right it's you have to stay consistent with it oddly enough and this is the funny part i talk again about dropping out of high school dropping out of college never going back to finish it i think i had to fail to realize i could fail and now there's things that i appreciate my girlfriend hates hates that I love social media. I don't love it to like post my stuff, but I love the strategy behind it. I love figuring out what makes people tick, how this growth affected this, how we can cross pollinate, how the funnel takes from here and leads over to here. And I think that's why, you know, I ended up in the, the bit that I did, but that's what I would encourage people to do is to really look at create, 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 take a couple of months and create, and then sit back and look and see what worked, what didn't work, readjust and keep going. And it's going to suck. It is going to suck. And if you're not having fun with it, that's where I say don't do it. But if it's something that you generally enjoy, usually people will notice that more than the actual content. And that's where you start to draw in the followings, the people that, actually to put it this way, I wanted to quit inside Xbox at one point because I felt like the black dude in the corner shucking and jiving. They would have Larry and Jeff and Graham all reading from the script, doing their lines. My yep. strong suit is the BS. So I was the person that was off the cuff talking about what people were talking about um, online. And I would say, you know, this show's really not for me. Like, I feel like I'm second fiddle to them. And I was comparing myself to them. And I remember going down to E3 and somebody said to me, yo, man, I love how you wear a different pair of shoes every episode on there. And it's so much fun to watch you just talk BS. And I was like, oh, you appreciate that. And they're like, yeah, you're having fun. So yeah, for the people that are just trying to do it, if you're having fun and creating fun stuff, people recognize the fun in it. They may not care that you're playing whatever game that doesn't interest them, but they end up uh, appreciating you. And that goes way further. And that was, you know, so to go back to this sort of sincerity that I've always appreciated about you, we, I would, 
I would go to an event like E3, and as part of the game process, you you get interviewed. You're you're asked questions, and it's usually by some type of host who is doing one of two things. They're either legitimately the, hey, how you doing, buddy? It's great to have you on the show today. Or they're pretending to be that person. And it's rare that you encounter somebody who is just literally down to earth, not trying to be a host or not that weird dyed-in-the-wool, over-hosty host, car salesman type of person. And then I would come off of that and I would do something like you and I did where we sat and we played crackdown and we did it was filmed and we sat on a couch and i know the setting was a little bit different from an e3 but there was Mm -hmm. no ricari doesn't flip a switch and become as he said earlier there's no like there's no tv ricari and there's no office ricari it's the same person no matter when you're talking to him and i I did appreciate the i dream of genie uh, reference that was, yeah. that was a surprise <laughs> yeah, to me. Major Nelson was, was, that was no, no, was no. A- so, Ricari, this is where we get into trouble because these two aren't avid gamers. As far as Major Nelson is a an Xbox personality. He is he used to host a blog way back in the day that gave Xbox news, and he parlayed that into an on camera. He is now effectively, I mean, for lack of a better term, the face of Xbox. He shows up at Xbox. Yeah, he shows up. I think you're mistaken, Dave. Uh, It's it's common knowledge that I Dream of Genie was a very popular television show and and Larry Hagman played Major Nelson. I I don't understand why. uh, How can can this metaphor work both ways and make Tracy and I look stupid? I don't understand how that works. So what I really appreciate is when I see like your... I see a social media video from you and it's literally you going to like a pumpkin patch with oh. your <laughs> with your significant other and it's it's not Ricari hamming it up and going to a pumpkin patch like some kind of shitty reality TV scripted reality TV show it's just you guys being you and you see it whether you're filming something in the kitchen or just goofing around whatever it is you're always you and I think that's why people gravitate towards you and why you've been asked to do so many things because we're all, especially in our organization at times, we're very guilty of putting the people on camera who do the, hey, razzle dazzle, what's up, Xbox fans? Hi. Uh, and you're yeah. not that person and it comes across as much more sincere. It exhausts Ricari just hearing you do that voice. I can see every time you do that voice, I look at his reaction and he's like, I can't wait to get off this. Because yeah, I remember, and I don't, don't want to say, you know, like, I worked with Larry. I love Larry to death, but I saw him do that to other coworkers, like people that worked at Xbox. But hey, how you doing? I'm uh, Larry Herb, Xbox Live's Major Nelson. I'm like, come on, bro. Nobody cares. <laughs> at Microsoft Studio D. Like, we're not worried about yeah. that. <laughs> like, we're not worried about that. I, yeah. It's just, I think it had a time and a place, right? And I think we've gravitated away from that. Um, So now it is more fun to do. And I've been very fortunate that all the bits that I've done have all been experiential marketing, right? You talk about being relaxed. Well, they sit us on a couch to play Xbox. Yeah. yeah. I don't don't care. I remember we did the Ronda Rousey interview and her publicist is like, you can't talk about, it was before she announced the WWE stuff. You can't talk about Holly Holm and how many times she got knocked out. You can't talk about this. I'm like, bro, we're about to play Assassin's Creed. I don't give a damn about her career. (laughs) Like, We're just going to sit here, you know, shoot some virtual characters on the screen and have fun. Um, So, yeah, I went every time. I don't know. That's just it's just what I enjoy. But I do appreciate somebody who can flip that switch and turn it on because it's fun to watch. Yeah, I want to murder him. 
Okay, so, <laughs> Rakari, we're going to let you go. Uh, I did want to, before we let you go, though, and we'll put it in the links to the show when we post the show, but I also mm -hmm. want you to just give people, where can they find you or where's the best place to find you that sort of spider webs out to all the others? You know, given my name being Rakari and its uniqueness, I've yet to find another one, um, getting online handles is super easy. So my name is Rakizzle uh, everywhere, anywhere you go. And you can thank... 2003 Snoop Dogg for that and somebody wanting to be cool in private school. So literally walked into keyboarding class and they were like, yo, Rickizzle. I was like, ah, shit, that's going to stick. So we is are 20 years later. How about that? R-U-K-I-Z-Z-E-L. That's Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. That's, I've got it. I've nabbed it. All right. R-U-K-I. So are you on Pinterest? Uh, <laughs> you know, I haven't pinned anything in a long time. We got some recipes. A couple of cool ideas for designs in the house, but you know, I'm not active. Excuse that's, me, that's, that's, that's the Kirkland coming out of yeah. Steve there. No, no, it's relevant. That's downtown the, Kirkland. The, that's not Totem Lake either. I know. I'm, I'm 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 north. I'm in Kingsgate. So okay, all right, all right. So, so we're 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 finding sticks that's and putting a marginal the street cred there. I guess. Yeah, Pin, pinning that up there. Yeah, yeah. His, pin, Sorry. his Pinterest board is nothing but I dream of genie pictures, Steve. You should go to it. It's really good. <laughs> I'm in Ballard. Like, uh. <laughs> All right. I totally interrupted in the middle of you explaining where people can find you. I'm terribly sorry about that. R-U-K-I-Z-Z-E-L? E-L. R-U-K-I-Z-Z-E-L. Rikari, we're going to have you back on at some point. I really want to scrape it and pick at the... The Microsoft stories a little bit more because I know you got a lot of them. But today was just wait, to get. Wait, wait, wait. Do you want one story? What one yeah. story would you ask if you had the chance? <sighs> Most difficult celebrity encounter. Difficult. Difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're, please assassinate your own career on the David. And, and you show. don't. I was going to say you don't have to name the celebrity necessarily, but just somebody who, because you know how it is. You always have that one person where you you just. It's like getting blood from a stone the entire time you're talking to them, or they've had a bad night, or they stayed out too late and they don't really want to be there. I'll give you an example, and maybe this will spark something. We we did a launch event for Viva Pinata uh, yeah. way back in the day, and Mario Lopez was there, and the guy could not have been a bigger dick to everybody around him. And at a certain point, when he was playing Viva Pinata, he had them stop the camera. Then he yelled, "Somebody get me a kid." And one of the handlers basically talked to one of the moms in the audience and said, can we borrow your kid? And she said, sure. Sat the kid down <laughs> next to him. They rolled the cameras and he started smiling and saying like, hey, buddy, isn't Viva Pinata fantastic? And then as soon as the cameras were off, he said, get the kid out of here. Like wow. that, that okay. was my experience. And it sticks to me to this day. Mario Lopez, if you're out there, you can eat a dick. Uh, so, <laughs> so, All right. Well, I've got... In a sense, a few, but they're not really that bad. I've had nobody that was absolutely atrocious. Prince Royce, who's a very famous Latam singer, um, we were playing, I think it was Rocket League, and he just was vain in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like, before we were starting up, let me make sure this looks good. Can I see an image of this? And then as soon as they said go, he was the chillest, like, kid from Brooklyn ever. <laughs> so he threw me for a loop because I was expecting vanity the entire time. Yeah. And he just did that and went along with it. Um Todd Gurley just didn't care. Didn't care. Not in a bad yeah. way. Just it was fun talking to him. He and I had fun, but he was like, yo, we were doing a Black Panther shoot right before the Black Panther Blu-ray dropped, and they had that custom Xbox. And he was like, Man, I haven't seen the movie. 
or any of the movies. <laughs> and we're like, for real? And all of his buddies are in there because they interviewed a few of the LA Rams. And they were like, you know, tell us which which character you would be. And they're like, oh, I'd be Iron Man. And Todd was like, um, you know, he's not really, he's not really like an outspoken type person anyway. So while it was tougher, still wasn't the worst thing in the world, but yeah. I definitely had to lead the witness a lot. And then uh, The Rock, The Rock was tough. And I just feel bad for the guy because he was totally nice. But we went to Vancouver on the set of Skyscraper while he was doing a Make-A-Wish presentation for a, um, a group of kids. And he was giving them the chance to meet him, custom Xboxes. But man, the guy looked like a gerbil running back and forth because they had him going to shoot his scenes. And then there was like 40 people around him. They would move him here, move him there. And there was no chance for him to breathe. Not that he yeah. would. I, I think Dwayne is different than The Rock, but... I feel like even if he wanted to just let his shoulders down for half a second, he could, couldn't. I remember Blaine Howard being like, well, that kind of sucked. And I was like, yeah, but I feel more bad for him. Yeah. Like he, it's not that he, and actually when he took the kids around in his Lamborghini um, one by one. <laughs> and when I was walking out, like, mind you, I was literally going, I had red eyed there from New York and I was red eyeing out to go to Atlanta um, for another shoot. And he took the time to say, hey, man, it was a ton of fun. Sorry, we couldn't talk more. And I was like, oh, this guy's cool. But God, it sucks for the two hours that they were there. They're like, you guys can't take pictures. You can't take this. Yeah. And he, like, wouldn't make eye contact and do stuff. I'm like, this guy's, they've got him in a vice. The, the craziest thing was watching a six-foot-six muscular man try to pretend to be a Make-A-Wish kid so he could ride in the in the Lamborghini. I thought that was really, that was really poor taste. Well, I'm like 6'4". <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that, those are my three for different reasons. They, All right. they were tough. Well, see, that's what I mean. And I know you've got a gajillion of these. Like, you've had so many experiences. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come clean. Up front, the original intro that I had for you also made reference to Forrest Gump, and I thought that was in poor taste because I don't. It's not from the the Forrest Gump's mental state. It's from the fact that if I saw you again hosting the Oscars tomorrow, or if I turned on the TV and you were standing next to Joe Biden, like waving as he delivered a speech, I'd be like, "Hey, Ricari's with Joe Biden." Like, I, you could show up anywhere at this point, and it would not surprise me. So it's not, it's not about me. Let me tell you that. <laughs> oh God. Okay. So we did the Super Bowl with Gronk, LeGarrette Blunt, and Deion Sanders. <laughs> We're in Minneapolis. And right before that, like literally I had to go take an Xbox Super Bowl ring um, out there for a competition. And Kumar was the guy that run it. He's Sri Lankan, but born and raised in Australia. So it's craziest accent I've ever heard. And he had to meet me in Ballard to drop off the ring he was flying back to um, Australia and I came from playing basketball and he was like, mate, do you like basketball? I was like, what the hell? Yeah. What? yeah. <laughs> you want to go to the all-star game? So trust me, I'm like, what is going on? I don't think, I think the events are thought through, but I don't know if people know what I like and what I'm capable of. I'm just trying to yeah. eat at the table. <laughs> yeah. So I'm still shocked. They can send me wherever. <laughs> All right, Ricari, we appreciate you being on the show. Uh, we really do, and we're going to have you back. If Absolutely. you missed it or you didn't write it down fast enough, R-U-K-I-Z-Z-E-L, and you can find him on wherever fine hosts are sold. That sounds weird, but that's that's what I'm going with. And uh, one last round of applause. Thank you again, Ricari Austin, everybody. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> I wake up every day and I don't know what's going to happen. 
Sometimes my boss gets fired up and calls me into his office. What's that about? I won a bunch of money in the lottery. I got really excited. What is wrong with me? Millions of Americans live with these symptoms every day. Some don't even know they're suffering. My baby cries sometimes. I can't relate, but other times she's quiet. I get that too. Sometimes I don't want pizza. Chances are that you and everyone you have met are good candidates for Gerdatin XR. March into your doctor's office and demand Gerdatin XR today. If they resist, go to another doctor. I think it's getting better. I think. I still wake up every day, but now I know what's going to happen. I'm going to take Gerdatin XR. Gerdatin XR has been proven to cause side effects in most of the users of the medication, but you still want to take it anyway. Side effects include vomiting, aging, diarrhea, constipation, constipation followed by diarrhea, winning children's board games, swollen feet, serious diarrhea, skin rash, sweaty eyes, lopsided nipples, aversion to campfire songs, awesome fingernails, 180 degree dunking, craving of chicken fried steak, hurt feelings, shingles, cancer, more diarrhea, Charlie horse, writer's cramp, water in the knee, anything the operation patient had, kite flying, clogged ear ducts, swearing, arthritis, bloating, heartburn, gas, nocturnal emission, sore throat, dry tongue, tattoos, slurpee, boondocks, duck hunt. Gerdan, just take it. Kinship terminology can be complicated for many of us, whether you're describing far-off distant relatives, distant cousins, or those we wish to count as related by marriage. Figuring out a way to describe them accurately is an important part of introducing the framework and basis for your relationship. Following a few tips will prevent you from describing your sister-in-law's husband, which would in actuality be your brother, when you don't have a brother. Like climbing a tree, climb up your family tree from the trunk, which is you, and work your way out slowly while describing each chain of relationships that properly describes the person who no one you're talking to will ever meet. This has been Tracy's Just Say There's This Guy I Know. Minute. So, so let me tell you how stupid I am, because that was based on me. Uh, and, and last week I was struggling with basically uh, my sister-in-law and her husband is who I was trying to describe. And I just could not figure out how to describe the two of them. And so... <laughs> and her gentleman caller come yeah, lately. Yeah. And so, and so I had struggled with that. And I, while I was pulling the clips for the previously on uh, today, I, I listened to that. That was one of the things that I was a potential that I almost pulled. So I I knew about it, but Tracy. So if you don't know about the the minutes with Tracy, Steve and I never listen to those ahead of time. We always we always listen to them on the fly on the show that so that we can be pleasantly surprised. Tracy reached out to me today because he knows me, and he said, "I'm breaking a cardinal rule. I'm going to let you know what the minute is about, so that I can remind you of the thing that you said just last week." Because yeah, and. And we, and I never do this. And this there's a, trem- a scary amount of trust you guys give me to put together this whole thing and not just like just pull it from the show. So yeah. if there's ever a week where you say, "Hey, Tracy didn't have a minute this week," I probably <laughs> did, and they were like, yeah. "Oh no, 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 yeah. no way." Yeah. It, so I I appreciated Tracy reminding me. I don't know if I would have remembered or not. 
there's there's two things at play. There's one is just I have a horrific memory. Short term's not too bad. Long term is terrible. And then also, I, typically when these shows get going and I get to talking, I'm not even really paying attention to what I'm saying. Things are just falling out of my face hole. And so I don't remember things that I said or not. Steve will often, whether it's Tracy or myself or, or even him, not in a dickish way, but he'll, he'll recall something funny that we said on the show. And I always have to like go back and find it and listen to it again because half the time I don't remember it happening. I'm in some kind of weird haze when we do this show. And I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm not in the moment. Uh, you know, one thing I do remember though, and that is the windstorm that we had a couple nights back. So Pacific Northwest region, uh, over the last few years, over the last several years, it seems like we get hit with one or two pretty substantial windstorms at some point. And even by, even by that measure of now we're used to these and we're, we're learning how to deal with them. The one that we had, uh, two nights ago was was very substantial. Uh, it, where I live, the I think they measured the gust at 54 miles an hour was what we got up to. Um, and it knocked out power. It knocked down trees everywhere. There were transformers blowing up all over the place. Uh, I've got a cousin who lives nearby in a neighboring town who not only do they not have power still, and they're told they won't have power for at least another few days, but when the power went out, it also took out the main generator at the water plant that supplies water to their area. So they are being told now to ration water. So they have no power. They have no cell signal because they're kind of off in the boonies. So obviously no Wi-Fi. So they have no heat, no nothing. And now they have no water on top of everything else, or at least they're, limited amounts. They're camping. <clears throat> right. And they have yeah. two very small kids. I mean, they have two below the age of 10 children in the house with them. So it, it, we, I, I don't, I'll, I, I want to know, well, first I'll ask this to you guys. First of all, did you guys, did either of you lose power? And if so, for how long? I did not lose power at all. And, uh, which is, which is great. Um, and I love that. And that's part of the reason why I live, uh, where I do, because where I grew up, uh, we lost power all the time. And, uh, but it's interesting though, in our area, we have, um, every November, like around November and close to February, we get these incredible storms um, and where they take out floating bridges and they just dump just trees. And I mean, we get rain all the time, but this is like, they're starting to give new um, weather terms for this. They call this these atmospheric rivers. Yep. So category five atmospheric river, which basically means a river in the sky and then just dumps where you live and you get tons of rain that softens the ground and all these fir trees that are just huge and heavy just topple over the, everything and destroy houses and people and, and power lines. If, if you don't know about fir trees living in the Pacific Northwest, especially with these storms, we've learned about fir trees, which is fir trees don't go down. The root systems don't go very deep. They go very wide. So you have these massive wide bases on most of these trees but not super deep. So if the ground gets wet, what happens is the entire tree just sort of tips over and you're left with this crazy like mushroom spindle giant base sticking up in the air where it's basically uprooted and just kind of fallen over. There was, it's been, gosh, now it's probably been eight, nine years ago. We had a horrendous windstorm. And I remember it was on a Monday night because my buddy that I worked with at uh, Microsoft, we in games, we went to a Monday night football game. He had tickets and he had asked me, do you want to go to this game? And I said, sure. We went to this thing. And when we went, when we stepped into the stadium, 
there was at least three to five inches of standing water on the field. You couldn't even see the lines on the field because the drainage system couldn't handle the amount of water that was dumping. Now, this is a stadium that was built in the Pacific Northwest by people who very (laughs) much understand the weather of the Pacific Northwest, and it couldn't handle it. So the game was delayed while they waited for it to, to drain. But I remember... The water was flowing so fast and it was raining so hard that it was making cascading waterfalls down the steps where you would step down the concrete steps to get to your chairs. And people were taking, you could buy pizza by the slice and it came in this little pizza shaped triangle cardboard box. And they were putting little flags on those and sending them down the steps. And so you'd just be watching the game and these little boats were going by you all the time, riding the rapids on the way down. So so we, we do the game, game wraps up. Now the wind has started to kick in. And by the time we walk out of the stadium, it's one of those gusts that is so bad, it takes your breath away. You literally can't breathe in this wind. It's blowing so hard. So we get in the car. It's a decent drive. If you don't know the area, if you do know the area, we drove from the Seattle area where the the stadium is to Kirkland. And when I, I was riding with my friend, he drove. When we got out of his vehicle at his house so that I could get into my car, you could hear branches cracking and falling everywhere. I mean, it was the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. And so I got in my car and I, as I was getting in, I said, you may want to think about taking your family down to the basement tonight. And he said, my wife and kids are already down there. I'm headed down with them. That's where we're sleeping tonight. Later that night, a massive, massive tree fell on his house, split level house, and literally, uh, no pun intended, split it in two. Like it cleaved it right in half. And they were fortunate enough that they were down in the basement. So they were, they all made it out totally unscathed. They were terrified, but they were, they were fine in the middle of the night. They had to run through the windstorm to get to a neighbor's house though, but they, they made it. So that was the, that was the worst one. I remember, I would say this one that we had a couple nights ago was the second worst that I remember. Yeah. It's, it's quite remarkable because Western Washington is known for having very, very temperate weather. So it's never too cold, never too hot, never doesn't snow a lot. Doesn't, it's just basically like it, whatever is extreme, just dial it back from that. And you have pretty much all our seasons. But the one thing we have that is crazy is just like you said, Huge trees with shallow root systems, tons of rain that softens the soil. And two times a year, we get these incredible, almost hurricane force winds that whip through and just create these trees just become assassins. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, because everybody knows somebody who's had um, a car or a house uh, hit by one of these trees. I grew up in a house that I remember uh, in one February, our house got hit by two trees, fell on a house. My dad was up in the attic looking at it. My dad is a typical, you know, he's like, oh, you know, it'll be fine. And my mom was like, we're not living in this house another year. <laughs> yeah. And if you do, that's fine. I will send you a postcard from wherever I live. As your dad and stands thought, in the gaping hole where your roof used to be with rain pelting down on his face saying it'll be fine. Yeah, it's exactly it. You know, and I thought, you know, there was so many different ways that I saw our family splitting up, but I never saw this one. <laughs> <laughs> So, Steve, you didn't lose power either. Okay. So, uh, I think this is funny. Um, (laughs) When when we went to bed, I let all the dogs out, went to bed, I don't know, 1030 or so, fairly, fairly early, because I get up really, really early. Um, And we went to bed. Now, when we go to sleep, we listen to different things 
And that night we happened to listen to uh, the thunderstorm soundtrack. So all, all night long, we just thought it was the recording that we were listening to. <laughs> now, now, I get up in the night. Sometimes the dog needs to, one of the dogs needs to go. So I let him out. So it was like, I don't know, two in the morning or something like that. And um, I let him out and I see, wow, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of windy outside. And then I just went back to bed back to the thunderstorms yeah. that we find very relaxing. We have huge trees um, right behind our house that are clustered together. Now, luckily we have um, kind of paved over the top of them. So the drainage get uh, the water gets whisked away. So we're, it's not, the ground isn't going to get as soft there. Right. Um, or at least on one side, you know, so the side that gets soft will definitely give and it'll fall right across our house. And yeah, kill us all. But, yeah. uh, right. uh, but nothing like that happened. So I didn't think anything was that big of a deal. I mean, I, I remembered it was a little bit windy. That was it. Um, I get up at four 30 and I drive down to the gym where nobody's going to be at the, at the pool. So that, and it's the only time I can go because if I, if I get into the pool and there's other people that I just, it's nuts. Um, so I get to the pool, the, the generators are on, but like most of the way to the, uh, to the gym, it's dark. Like, yeah. and that means I get there like five minutes earlier than because there's no street lights. There's nothing keeping me from getting there. So I get to the gym. The gym is, has generators. It looks like, you know, everything's going on now I'm walking in. It's like the freaking overlook hotel. Like there's it's huge. Nobody's there except for me and Jack Nicholson, who yeah. takes my um, <laughs> takes my ID, and then I I head off to the um, which is a bummer for Steve because he loves kicking the doors in on the gym and yelling I'm strong. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. That, and that's the time to do it. Yeah. Um. So I make it into the locker room. Everything's the same. The the lights are on. Everything's just fine. And I. I put on my gear and I head out to the pool because there's protocols that you have to take your stuff with you. You can't leave it in the, um, in the lockers you can now, but, um, but I, I do it because I have to, it, there's a whole thing. So I get out there with my, with my bag still dark, right? It usually is still dark in the, um, in the pool room when I get there and the lifeguard comes in, turns the lights on and gives me the go ahead to go. Um, I'm in one pool. There's one other guy in a pool all the way across the complex and he goes in the lap pool. I go in the deep lap pool. Um, but we're sitting in there and I don't see the lifeguard who is head of aquatics. Um, she's always there in the morning and I don't see her. I'm putting in my earplugs and my stupid cap and all that stuff. And I'm sitting there in my suit. I can't get in the water because the lifeguard's not there because the, the, you know, you're not supposed to, it, it caused problems. You are um, such a, you are such an abider by the rules. Like you are, if that rule is there, you could, 10 men could come into that room and try to shove Steve into the pool and he would fight them all off because the <laughs> lifeguard's not there yet. Well, it, what if they get fired because I decided to get in the, get in the pool, you know, they have families. So, um, so I'm, I'm waiting, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. The other guy walks in and he's like, you see any lifeguards? 
And I'm like, no, I, I don't think we're swimming today. And um, somebody finally comes in and is like, uh, the pool's closed, guys. It did, didn't they tell you at the front desk? And I'm like, no, <clears throat> nobody. They, they had what they did at the front desk is they handed me towels and said, have a good swim. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what they said. So yeah, I, I don't think you would have put on all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? Otherwise I, I, I'm here. I might as well put it on. You know, I'm going you know, <laughs> to at least lay next to the pool in my gear to feel like I accomplished <laughs> something. I took a picture of the pool. Yeah. So yeah. that, that has to count. Um, anyway, so, I drove home and it was like completely blacked out on Rose Hill where the, um, where the Kirkland Costco is the real Kirkland Costco is that area blacked out. And, um, so I get up, I go to the gym today and it's fine. I get, I get, I get to, everybody calm down. I get, I got to swim. Thank God. Is there an inauthentic Kirkland Costco that, yeah, I, I was wondering the same thing. Is there, is there like, some? Is this some type of turf war where the real people? Cost, know? I think you mean like the Kirkland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's a there's a there's a fake one on the other side of the hill that this guy tried to open up. Anyway, um, I drove through that same area today, still completely blacked out, and and at the lights where you're supposed to stop, they had to put stop signs there because people were just blowing through them. And yeah. They, they just left them up. I mean, so that was two days in a very, you know, I mean, that's a very residential, you know, well-to-do part of Kirkland yeah. that you would imagine that they're like, damn it. When are those linemen going to come out so, here and fix so our power? I've got a coworker who literally lives right in that area. And he has been told that it's Saturday. That's what the power company told him is Saturday is the day they, they think they can have everything back on again. At, at its peak, we had wow. 520,000 people without power. Like it was a substantial number of people in there yeah. slowly, but I don't understand, especially in that. Well, I guess I should take that back. Even in that area, there are some big gnarly trees. And if enough of them come down, it's probably a complete. Oh, for sure. And it's, it's amazing. Like when the traffic lights go out, like nobody follows any rules yeah, anymore. It's bad it, it is crazy. So it's really, like, yeah, it, it's, it's post-apocalyptic Mad Max. Yeah. It's, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and God forbid you go to like a five lane intersection yeah. where, you know, there's a, where there's a turn lane, nobody knows what to do. It's, it's terrifying. So it was, but, it was uh, like straight out of a Garth Brooks song. It was three 30 in the morning. Uh, my wife and I were asleep obviously. And we got a couple of those gusts that rattled the house. I mean, it shakes the whole house when those gusts come through. And then I started hearing the branches cracking outside so now I'm already, I'm still, I still feel like I probably could have gone back to sleep, but I'm obviously nervous. And we talked to, you know, we both talked, we were like, man, the wind's really terrible, but we were starting to settle back in. And then my power cut, but it cut just for 10 seconds. Power went off, a few seconds, power came back on. The moment it came back on, my alarm system in my house went off. So yeah. it is now blaring at deafening volumes i run and our house the alarm system was actually assembled and put in installed by the man who built the house the previous owner of the house so this is some and he he was a i think he would admit this so i'm not speaking out of turn here but he's he was a prepper he like down in the the finished sort of basement that we had he had tons of canned food 
This water. Is, this is a true statement. You showed us these yeah. things, yeah. and mm -hmm. it is a true statement. Yeah. Yes. So, so this guy was a prepper, and so this alarm system is a typical like if you had ADT come in and install an alarm system, it's got motion detectors, all that kind of stuff. But there's also a room you can go into, and you can press a button. And it makes two red, think of like the spinning lights on the top of a police car, red lights. Those start flashing at each end of my house. And there is a massive megaphone at one end of the house that begins to blare what sounds like an air raid siren. So I not only have an alarm that goes off inside my house, but I have that alarm that goes off outside of the house. And our next door neighbor used to tell us when they first built that house, when the people that we bought it from built the house, it would go off all the time. Like they would just, and they would both be at work and they worked a long ways away from the house. So the <laughs> neighbors would just have this deafening air raid siren going off and they would be calling them saying, Hey, your alarm's going off again. And you can't, there's no ADT. You don't call ADT. So they would literally have to drive all the way back from work before they could shut it off. So it was, but it's under control now. It all works like it's supposed to. So that started going off at three 30 in the morning. When I say my alarm was going off, it was the alarm, like the all up alarm. So as I get up and I'm stumbling through the house, I can see red lights flashing all around in my yard. I can hear the alarm blaring outside and I don't know what to press because it's three 30 in the morning and I just woke up and I'm trying to remember. It's not like I have to shut the alarm off often in this manner. So I'm literally just hammering buttons, trying to get it to turn off and nothing turned off. And then I hit one, it beeped, the alarm shut off and then immediately started up <laughs> again. <laughs> And from, from the other room, my wife is yelling, shut the alarm off. And I'm like, I am trying. So I, I finally, I get the, I get the code put in. I get it all shut off. I, I go and climb back in bed. Now we still have power because the power's come back on again. That's why the alarm was going off. I get back in bed. The alarm or the power goes off again, comes back on. The alarm doesn't go off, but now our microwave beeps three times. Then the, the power cuts out again, comes back on again. The microwave beeps three times again, and then the power goes off again. This is the beep to remind you that your heated soup is done. Right. So right. it was one of those long beep, beep, beep. And the first time I did it, we were like, what the hell is that? We don't even know. I said, is it the alarm again? Couldn't figure it out. The reason I'm telling you all this is it's now roughly, this happened at 3.30. It's now roughly 3.40, and I'm wide awake. I am so awake. I could not be more awake. My wife is wide awake. And we have the terrifying windstorm happening outside that we are now hearing shake the house, branches cracking and falling, all that stuff going on around us. We're in pitch black now. And we didn't even know. Maybe you guys heard about this. I didn't know this storm was on its way. I don't, I don't really check weather unless I look on my phone and see like, hey, it's supposed to be partly sunny today. I don't listen to weather forecasts. So I had no idea that this thing was coming. And so we don't, we weren't prepared. We didn't have flashlights. We didn't have candles. We didn't have anything at our disposal. I, yeah. I'm beginning to rely on my wife for everything. Yeah. So even like stuff going on in the neighborhood, stuff going on in the country, stuff going on, yeah. you know, in the weather. I, and if she doesn't tell me, I wouldn't know either. Yeah. Had no idea. So we were completely ill-prepared. And it was the same thing it always is, which is all of that shit happened. We f bang around the house, knocking into things, knocking things over, telling each other, shh, be quiet. You're being too loud. All that kind of stuff. Find the, the flashlights and all that. Immediately go upstairs because we figure our kids are in their rooms terrified. Open the door and they're both snoring in their individual yeah. rooms. They're, they're, they don't, they have, that alarm is deafening. 
nothing. Doesn't that scare the shit out of you too? <laughs> like if there's if there's a fire in your yeah. house, they are going to yeah. die. Yeah. yeah. My son is going to die of 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 a stupid fire in the yes. house. Yeah, he'll, he'll die doing what he loved though. And uh but <laughs> the um the but you know that happens in my house too. Like I, no, I sleep. I don't sleep through anything anymore because that's I'm yeah. in that age of my life where because I know that like next time I go to bed, I, I'll just you know that'll be it. You know, right. and you guys will all be right. attending my virtual funeral. But that's a but that's a I, but thing. anyway the um but like my youngest kid is like he's crying for whatever reason, and he had a he had a horrific dream that involved uh the Grinch coming into his room on a zip line. I'll get to that another time wow but it's elaborate but but everybody else they're like near him and he's just and i i'm like a ways away in the other part of the house and like i go you know to comfort him and no not not a single soul yeah. woke up so obviously i took him out of the house and we set fire to the house to show them yeah yeah how dangerous it is that'll learn them yeah, yeah. so dave when you were pressing all the buttons on that fancy prepper alarm right I'm picturing that out of the front lawn, you got like a Gatling gun comes up and like, like a moat, a moat fills in, yeah. the, in the front or a yeah. fire comes up in these big things. You know, I'm just imagining that all this stuff that you didn't know was there is happening. And you probably have all these armed mines, yeah. these land mines. Well, that that's what I was going to say is you only have two minutes to get into the safe room and close the door before the mines are active. So you have yeah. to, you have to move quickly. Yeah. Oh my God. And then, and then the game. next day, so Tracy, I saw your wife posted that across the street from you guys, you did have a tree fall over. Uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a it wasn't anything like big. It was like a, a green belt tree, right? So right. I live in a neighborhood. So in the they planted trees in the green belt, and the the it's shallow there anyway, right? So we lose a couple in the neighborhood every couple of years, but this one had kind of hung in there for a while. And it just gently sort of just laid so is over. That, is it something in all seriousness? Can they just tip that back up and sort of tamp it back down again? And You know, that's probably, probably you could, but that's it's not good we, for their culture. Um, <laughs> right. It's just, it's just that our neighborhood has such high standards, obviously. Right, right. And that's a thing that we just don't do. Some, some neighborhoods do. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that, we don't. And listen, we got off fortunate. Sounds like you guys did too. We we lost power at like I say three thirty, three forty. It was off until around seven p.m. the following day, and then it came back on. Um, and I have a ton of yard debris that I have to take care of, but it could have been obviously much worse. And so I I don't care. We'll we'll go out and take care of the yard debris and get it taken care of. The the time without power always. I always say the same thing. It reminds me how how valuable power is, and when it comes back on, my entire family's in a great mood. When it comes back on for at least an hour, it is though we've just walked through the gates of Disneyland. We are there on our first day of vacation. Everybody's getting along. Everybody's thrilled. Everybody's happy to be alive. They're getting things. You need some water? I'm getting some water from the kitchen. Everybody's doing their thing, helping each other out, and then smash cut to an hour later, and we all hate each other again. But that yeah. hour is bliss. It's a, uh, it is, and I, I may or may not have tripped the master breaker of my house before, uh, because it not only resets the electricity, it resets our hearts. That's right. That's exactly. Right. <laughs> I don't know why the rest of the why the rest of the block has power. 
It's uh, <laughs> you, why don't you call them? Why don't yeah, you call what them do them? I look like? So that no, uh, know, I'm glad you said that, Steve. The the last thing I will say is, as the power was getting restored the next day, we got to the point where you know it gets dark these days around four four thirty in the afternoon. So it was dark. We still didn't have power. And I could see the neighbors directly next door to me had power. And so I just assumed it was a generator. And then a little ways down the street from us in the opposite direction, I could see lights. Now, this is a lot of people in this in this area have generators because we get storms and things like that. I assumed it was all generators. And then I went to look. Our, our power company has a fantastic interactive map. You can bring it up. You can see which power outages are in which area. You can hone right in on your house. And you can click on it, and typically, unless it's one of these crazy ones like this, they'll give you an ETA on when the power should be back on, etc. So I, I bring that map up just because I wanted to see if there was any kind of update. And lo and behold, there is like a perfect little square drawn around my house and three houses to the, if you're staring at my house, to the right of our house. We None of us have power. And then everybody else on that side of the street in both directions have their power restored. I don't understand how power grids work. I have no yeah. clue. How, what I, I've never, I, in, in an apartment uh, I lived in for a very long time, uh, My I, I lose power once a month, but my apartment would be illuminated by the town. Right. I was on a hill overlooking yep. the town, and the town, in its full glory, would illuminate my living room, mocking me while I'm sitting there you know, I, listening to an AM transistor radio. Tracy, I forgot that in your current home right now, you have a massive substation, like, I mean, a stone's throw from your house. That thing is huge. So yeah. I, I, I assume you are rarely, if ever, without power because that giant mammy jammy's right there. Well, I always have power in my bunker anyway, right. so I don't yeah. know what the family goes through, but uh, I'm sure it's terrible. Kerosene <laughs> lamps are not classified as power, Tracy. That, that's, that is a fair point. We typically in in our house, we're typically first to lose power. Like it, like when the power goes out, we're going to lose it and it's going to be gone for a long time. And we didn't, I mean, it didn't even really flicker, Yeah, you know? And, and that, that's, what's really strange is that, you know, a huge windstorm that everybody's talking about. We, um, well, we, we didn't, we didn't listen to the windstorm. We listened to the soundtrack <laughs> of windstorm and yeah. then, and then, you know, we didn't consider it to be bad because our power didn't go out. And that's kind of, that's like the key indicator yeah. that it, it's bad. So if it didn't happen to us, it's not important. So yeah, I mean, you guys, that, you went to a journey concert with earbuds in and listened to journey live while you were at the journey concert. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounded exactly the same. <laughs> wow. So yeah, that then that shows you that the uh, windstorm's good live. That's right. Yeah. All right, we're gonna through yeah, Apple iPhone speakers. So fantastic. We're gonna wrap things up. I did want to uh, very quickly thank Ricari Austin again for joining us. Uh, Wasn't I'm, he wonderful? I'm going to try. You guys help me out if I got this right because I'm doing this from memory. R u k i z z e l, I believe is what that he said. That sounds right. R u k i z z e l. Uh, Ricari's great. Like if you watch him on Twitch, he streams often. He plays games and talks over it as he does it. Uh, he's got such a charismatic personality. He's great. He posts things on Twitter, like I say, of like him and his significant other going to a pumpkin patch and comedy mayhem ensues. Like anything anything he does is, is worth watching. He's just got one of those personalities. So go check him out. Uh, Steve, before we wrap up, anything else to add? 
Uh, I I don't have anything else to add. Life's life's pretty good. Tracy, I sure don't. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm just gonna. I have a couple of branches uh, to pick up and uh, and maybe some pine cones. Wow, it's it's gonna be yeah. It's, the the devastation's gonna it's gonna take me easily ten or fifteen minutes to get this straightened out. <laughs> yeah. Get our All home right. back to normal. Sticks is gonna have a concert to uh, benefit your house. That's right. Yeah. yeah, but we're yeah we're uh, we're determined to b- rebuild. So, all right, let's wrap it up then. For Steve, for Tracy, for me, Dave. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Dave and Steve Show. <laughs>